That was awesome, wasn't it? You know, I, I don't know about you, but how they coordinated the timing of all the choir, it kind of gave us a little taste of what the shepherds saw with the angels there in heaven and all singing together. But I have a feeling not only Tim and the choir and the orchestra deserve a big hand, but your technology folks to pull that off. Let's give them a big hand for that was That was something. In this December, we have been in Luke 2. Our Christmas series is focused there. And we saw in the first message on December 7th that there was no room for Jesus that first Christmas, just as every Christmas, that seems to be the case. And yet on that first Sunday of December, y'all brought a Christmas gift to Jesus, a birthday gift to Jesus that was really over the top for global missions And just think of all the people you're going to meet in heaven one day that are going to come up for those of you who gave to that offering and say, thank you. You're part of why I'm here today in hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Then last Sunday, you were in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14, that really focuses on the angels. Next Sunday... Jeffrey Davis, your Marshall campus pastor, is going to continue in Luke 2. But today, we're looking at the shepherds in Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. And here's the focus. What we can learn from the shepherds at Christmas as they appeared on that first Christmas night to worship the Lord Jesus. So I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, Those of you who are joining us at home through live video feed, those of you that are here in this room, as we look at Luke 2, verses 15 through 20. And in honor of God, let's stand now for the reading of God's Word as our Creator speaks to us through His written Word. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart, And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. Father, as we stand before you, the king of the universe, to honor and show our respect and worship of you, we thank you, Father, that we've already been able to worship with this wonderful choir and orchestra the story of Christmas. And now, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will reveal to us fresh insight from the most familiar words in your written word, Luke 2. Give us fresh insight. Give us fresh understanding of the meaning of Jesus' birth. And Lord, may we not only learn from the shepherds this Christmas, but may, may we most of all be focused on Jesus. May you be glorified. For we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Question. How many shepherds do we have in the room? Could you raise your hand if you're a shepherd? 
I don't see a single hand. Well, let me ask this then. How many of you know a shepherd around the Longview or Marshall area? No hands. You know, shepherds aren't real big in Longview and Marshall or anywhere in the United States. But you go to different parts of the world and shepherds are pretty big. Let me just show you on the screen here. You'll see this is a Palestinian shepherd in the nation of Israel in a topography that looks like a lot of you might expect Israel to look. But then let's go to the second slide. And this is an Israeli shepherd and it's probably in March or April after the rainy season. Probably not what you really expect scenery-wise in parts of Israel, but you see that in the spring. Let's look at this next shepherd. Now, this is a green land that we know as Ireland. It rains all the time in Ireland. And here we see an example of an Irish shepherd. But then you go down to South America. This is in Bolivia. It's almost like you are back in Israel. But different parts of the world, you see different shepherds that are very commonplace in caring for the sheep. Even though they're not big in Longview, even though they're not big in America, shepherds are really big in the Christmas story. And today we have a chance to learn from the shepherds about Christmas. Now, let's start back in verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven. Now, if you were here last Sunday or joined by live video feed, Steve Dighton led you in a study of the angels in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And what the angels brought the shepherds, really one angel initially, was good news and a world of bad news. Now, let's face it, 2020 has been a lot of bad news here in America and around the world because of COVID. But in the first century, they dealt with a lot of bad news as well. And so as the angel brought good news in a world of bad news, let's reflect for a moment about what that angel said. First of all, I have good news of great joy for all people, not just for Jewish people, but for all people on the face of the earth. Good news of great joy. And what was that good news? The good news was that today in Bethlehem, which was the city of David, where King David was from, where he grew up as a shepherd boy himself, today there's been born for you a Savior. Now, what does a Savior do? A Savior, savior saves you where you cannot save yourself. A Savior saves you from death and destruction. But not only that, he said he is the Christ. That's the Greek word for the Jewish word Messiah. In other words, this little baby that was born is not just your Savior, but he is the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy. But that's not all. He is the Lord, someone you submit to. He is truly God as well as being a human baby all at the same time, and you are to submit to him. And then the angel said this to the shepherds. Had, they had to be stunned. They had seen a lot of shooting stars in their time as they were out there with the sheep at night, but they had never seen an angel appear to them. And the angel said, look, you may be having trouble believing this, but here's a sign. You go into that little village of Bethlehem and you will see a baby wrapped in cloths or swaddled in cloths and lying in a feed trough for animals. That's what a manger is, a feed trough. Well, now the shepherds understood what it was like to swaddle a newly born lamb to protect it from hurting itself, but 
they couldn't imagine a baby being swaddled like that. That was not the norm in the first century. It is for some of you to swaddle your baby in the 21st century, but then it was not the norm. But not only that, for a little baby to be lying in a feed trough for animals, that would be quite a sight. And then suddenly, the angel was joined by a host, a multitude of angels in heaven, glorifying and praising God and talking about peace among those that God is actually pleased with. You see, peace and goodwill towards men is not the actual translation. It is peace and goodwill to those that God is pleased with, and that is those who have come to trusting faith in Christ because when we come to trusting faith in Christ, then we have peace with God that leads to peace within, that gives us a desire to be at peace with our fellow man. That's what the angels were saying. And so in verse 15a, when it says the angel had gone away from them in heaven, we learned the first lesson from the shepherds, and that is they believed the word of God through the angels. Look at what it says. It says, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry, and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. The shepherds believed the Word of God. Now understand this about angels. An angel is a messenger of God. And angels most likely appear as a messenger of God with the Word of God when there is no written word of God. Our missionaries tell us often about in highly restricted Muslim regimes in the world today, many Muslims are having dreams of angels appearing to them, sometimes even appearing to give messages of insight about Jesus, and they're trying to make sense of that. Why? Because they have no access to the written word of God. Well, in the Christmas story, as the Old Covenant or the Old Testament had been complete for almost 400 years with the last prophet Malachi, and then all of a sudden John the Baptist appears on the scene saying that this Lamb of God is going to come who has taken away the sins of the world to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus' ministry. He is that bridge between the Old Covenant and the New. So we have the dawning of the New Covenant, and an angel appears to Mary, and later an angel in a dream to Joseph, and now an angel in a whole host of angels has appeared to the shepherds as messengers of God. Now, some folks that are cynical in the 21st century will say, well, gosh, those, those shepherds were just hallucinating. Well, Psychiatry 101 will tell you this. Ask any psychiatrist, do any two people have the same hallucination? It's never happened. Hallucinations occur to one person. They do not occur to a group. And what we see in verses 15 and 16 is that these angels as a group all saw the angel and the angels, plural, giving them the word of God as messengers of God to announce the birth of Jesus. Now, there's something else about these shepherds you want to know. They believed the Word of God because they acted on the Word of God. 
You know, the shepherds see a lot in the heavens, see shooting stars, things like that. So after the angel and a whole host of angels appeared to them, they could have looked at one another and said, man, that was cool. Wasn't that neat? We've never seen that before. Then go back to taking a nap or watching the sheep. But that wouldn't be real faith. That would be the faith, like a lot of you who are cultural Christians, that call yourself a Christian and you believe that the Word of God is true about Jesus, but you've never really acted on the Word of God in faith. And the shepherds acted. They said, let's go, let's go. They went in a hurry to see what the Word of God had shared with them through the angel. That is real faith. And we learn a lesson from the shepherds about what real faith is. That we're willing to trust the Word of God concerning Jesus and show that trust by putting into action what the Word of God teaches us. Well, let's look and see what unfolds here. It says in verse 16, they came in a hurry. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the babe as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. Now, another insight or lesson from the shepherds is once they had seen Jesus, once they had encountered Jesus, they had to talk to others about Jesus. Because you see, it's not just a little baby they're seeing. That baby lying in that feed trough was a sign that had been told to them from the heavens by the angel that is the Word of God, that this little baby is their Savior, the Messiah and Lord. And they had to tell people about it. Those of you who have really come to a trusting, saving relationship with Jesus Christ know that when it occurs in your life, you have to tell others. I was 16, I would have told you I was a Christian from a Christian home, believing that the words of the Bible were true, but I had never really trusted Christ as my Savior and Lord until I heard the good news at a Christian camp. And once I realized that I had been just using God and claiming to be a Christian, but not really following Christ, not really trusting Christ as my Savior and Lord, Man, once I made that decision to do so, I had to tell others. Because when you realize what it means, a Savior to save you from death and destruction, a Messiah that is a fulfillment of all the old covenant teaching and the prophecy, a Lord that you bow down to and worship, man, you just can't help but tell others about that. When a child receives a great gift that they wanted for Christmas, what does a child do? They often call grandmama or granddaddy or Go next door to tell their friends. Can't help it. Excited about it. And the shepherds show us that they were telling others. But look at what verse 18 says. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, did many of those people that heard the shepherds talking about Jesus and how they had met Jesus, did many come to Christ? We don't know. It says they wondered, were the shepherds telling them the truth? And maybe some began to be a follower of Christ because of the words of the shepherds, but we don't know. And it's a reminder that once we have encountered Jesus as Savior and Lord, we can't help but talk about him. But at the same time, it is not our responsibility to lead somebody to Christ. It is simply our responsibility to go and tell others about Christ. It is then their responsibility to decide if what God's word says about Jesus is really true. 
Well, they got there, and I love Luke 2, 19. It's one of my favorite verses in the Christmas story of Dr. Luke because this says so much. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. I want to ask you to put yourself in the shoes of Mary for just a moment. About nine months earlier, an angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, this young teenage virgin, and said she was going to supernaturally conceive within her womb a child, a boy, that would be the Son of God. Now, at first, she was just floored in Luke 1. She just couldn't grasp it. She was a virgin. She knew how babies were made. She was a virgin. This was impossible. But the shepherd said to Mary, look, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary chose to trust the word of God through the angel Gabriel, a tremendous example of faith. But it's been nine months, and they made that long trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem when she is great with child. And then when they get to Bethlehem, she gives birth to this baby boy. Now think about it. The angel had told her, this is the son of God. She is walking to Bethlehem, or she is on the back of a donkey going to Bethlehem. And she is in awe about the fact that she is carrying within her womb her creator. Think about this. She has within her womb her creator. And then when he's born, nobody notices. I mean, you think about it. This is the birth of the Son of God. No room in the inn. Nobody notices. Now, put yourself in the shoes of Mary. Wouldn't you be wondering? Did she really hear the word of God from that angel nine months earlier? And then the shepherds come. And the shepherds tell Mary words that completely confirm what Gabriel told her nine months earlier about the child she gave birth to. And think about the reassurance that was to Mary when she probably was wondering, what's the deal here? Have I really given birth to the Son of God? And the shepherds show up and share what they had seen and what the angel said. Think about how wonderful that was. Mary treasured those words in her heart. But that's not all. It says Mary pondered the words. Now, Mothers of a young child, when that child is born, have an intuitive understanding about that child. And mothers also, as that child is growing up, have an intuitive understanding about the child, really like nobody else. But every mother at the birth of a child can't help but wonder about the future of that child and what that child will become, what that child will do. Here's something I wonder about. A few years ago, on one of our Bible study tours to Israel, when we got to Bethlehem, you have to have a Palestinian guide in Bethlehem because it's Palestinian territory. We use a Jewish guide for the rest of our time there around Israel. But this Palestinian guide was a Christian, and we were sitting there on the hills where the shepherds have their sheep outside of Bethlehem, having a special Bible study on Luke 2. And that Palestinian Christian told us that in the first century the shepherds there around the hills of Bethlehem provided many of the sheep for sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem just five miles away 
And what they would do is that they would wrap a newborn lamb, they would swaddle it in cloth. Why? Because when they provided lambs or sheep for sacrifice, they had to be unblemished, unbruised, unharmed. And a lamb was so fragile, very often it could bruise itself or harm itself and injure itself shortly after birth, so they would swaddle it in cloths. So when the angel said this about the birth of their Savior and Messiah and Lord, and they get there and they find Jesus swaddled or wrapped in cloths in a feed trough for animals, don't you know those shepherds who are given this foreshadowing of what is going to happen to the Lamb of God one day on the cross and being the sacrifice for our sins, don't you know that had to fill them with a sense of wonder? And all. And here's the question. Do you think perhaps they talked to Mary about that? Do you think perhaps they told Mary what they did with a little lamb when it was born to protect it so it would be an unblemished, perfect sacrifice to be offered at the temple in atonement for people's sins? We don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Because it says Mary pondered these things. Here's a new mother just giving birth to her first child, wondering about the future of that boy. When I began to feel a call to ministry, I was in business a few years after finishing college and really wanted to stay there. My dad's a wonderful Christian businessman now in heaven, but he was a great example for me. And I wanted to be like my dad, but God called me into vocational ministry. And I remember telling my mom that I felt God was leading me to leave the business world and go into ministry. And she said, well, Brian, I've known since you were a little boy, you were going to become a minister. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and she says, if I'd have told you, I was afraid that you would run from it. And oh, how right she was. But it's just a reminder that every mother, like Mary, has a special insight about her child and a special sense of wonder about the future of that child and what they will become and what they will be. I love this verse. Mary treasured all these things. She treasured that the fact that the, the shepherds confirmed what she had heard from the angel nine months earlier about Jesus, her boy, is true. But she also pondered these things, reflecting on all this inside of the shepherds. Do you see what's happening here, everybody? Listen, are you listening? The shepherds encouraged the mother of Jesus. They encouraged her. There's never been a woman that has ever lived or who will ever live that is greater than Mary. You say, oh, yes, there will be plenty. I mean, government leaders, presidents, promise. No. What woman in all of history has been chosen by God to give birth to his son? I don't think you can top that. But here we see the shepherds coming to her at a time when she probably was wondering, why does nobody notice that God's son has been born? 
And through the word of God, they reassured Mary that God's word about Jesus, her baby boy, is truth. Well, it goes on to tell us in verse 20 that the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as had been told them. It's one thing to read the Word of God, to study the Word of God, and then to see the Word of God fulfilled in your life. And that's what the shepherds experienced. They stepped out on faith. The sign was true. They saw baby Jesus. They couldn't help but worship the Lord. And what does it say about worship? They were glorifying and praising God. They had a sense of awe, a sense of awe that the angel appeared to them, a sense of awe that the Word of God is perfectly true and trustworthy, a sense of awe that they had seen in the flesh their Savior, the Messiah, their Lord. And they worshiped the Lord. But listen now, are you listening? They worshiped the Lord together. You know, in these days of COVID, we're all thankful that we've been able to worship the Lord through live video feed, and many of you are joining us that way today. But here's a concern I've got when, say, the vaccine works and the COVID dilemma we've been dealing with becomes history. Here's my concern. I wonder if it's going to take years for the average church to get back to the attendance that church had before COVID began. Because all of us, especially in the early days when the church was not meeting, you know, you're sitting there in your PJs, your sweatpants, drinking a cup of coffee. Man, this is nice. I can get into this. And the number of people that have told me, said, you know, Brian, I really like that. It's really meeting my needs. But worship is not primarily about meeting your needs. Worship is about glorifying and praising God with others. It is about joining with those who are followers of Christ to glorify and praise God. And yes, you can do that vicariously through video, but there's nothing like being together. And that's exactly what the shepherds experience. This is the first worship of Jesus as he came into the world, together. So those that are joining us by live video feed, many that are elderly, many with pre-existing conditions, we know that you might not ever be able to come in person but if you are physically able, as soon as you can, you want to realize that worship is not about primarily meeting your needs. It's about glorifying and praising God with others who follow Jesus. Because you see, worship is the greatest practice for heaven because we're going to be together with others who follow Jesus, worshiping the Lord face-to-face. Oh, the lessons we learn from the shepherds. The angel brought the shepherds good news and a world of bad news. And in verse 10, when that angel says, don't be afraid for behold, I bring you good news, it is the actual word gospel. 
And understand this about the gospel. The gospel is not only that Christ died for our sins and Christ rose from the dead, but the gospel in the Greek means good news that follows bad news. What is the bad news? The bad news is we're sinners, and if we don't find a solution to our sin problem, we're going to spend eternity separated from God in hell. That's very bad news. But the good news that follows that bad news is that Christ came to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross so that if you and I come to repentant faith and trust in him, we are forgiven of our sins, we are made right with God, and we receive the bonus, the gift of an eternal relationship with God forever. That's incredibly good news. If you have a relative that is in intensive care because of the coronavirus and it looks like they're not going to make it, and you realize that their time is numbered, and then that's bad news. But then the next day, you get a call that that relative has had a turn for the better. And not only that, the doctors are so amazed, they're off the ventilator now, and they're probably going to go home in a day or two. That'd be incredibly good news after bad news. And that's what the gospel is. The bad news is we deserve to be damned because of our sins. We deserve the judgment of God. But the good news is Christ has come to pay the ultimate penalty for all of our sins, no matter what they are, so we can be right with God. That's what the angel is telling the shepherds, but that's not all. We see the shepherds believe the Word of God and prove their belief by acting on the Word of God. And when they did, they saw that sign that confirmed that the Word of God is true. They proved their belief, but they showed that the Word of God is true. And they were so overwhelmed that they had to tell others. Just as you and I, when we finally meet Jesus, we've just got to tell others. If you know Jesus as your Savior, as your Messiah, as your Lord, you can't help but tell others about Jesus. But know what else? The shepherds encouraged Mary, who was probably bewildered as to why the world wasn't paying any attention to the birth of her son that is also God's son, and the shepherds came and shared with Mary the word of God and what it meant to them, and it encouraged her. And for all of us who are followers of Christ, when somebody is struggling in their faith and you share with them something from the word of God that has meant so much to you, it can encourage that struggling believer, that doubting believer, that God's word really is true. And you can build them up in the faith, just as the shepherds did the mother of God. But not only that, the shepherds worshipped the Lord. This was not just a human baby. This is God. And what wonder, born of a woman, fully human, but fully God. They glorified and praised God together. And may that be true of all of us, that we're practicing for heaven by worshiping the Lord together where we're physically able. You see, the shepherds teach us a lot about Christmas. And when you and I are like the shepherds, we will be blessed. And in the process, we can become a blessing to others. May that be the case for every person here. 
Let's pray together. Father God, I want to pray first of all for that cultural Christian that thinks they are Christian and they are not. They believe what the Word of God, the Bible says about you, but they've never really trusted Christ alone for salvation. They've never really acted on their faith. Lord, may that person, by the power of your Holy Spirit, be convicted of the need to truly trust Christ as Savior, as Messiah. And Lord, today, what a glorious Christmas this will be. May they right now say to you, Lord, forgive me. I just didn't quite get it, but today, through the conviction of your spirit, I now see I need to trust Christ. I need to turn from being somebody who claims to be a Christian to truly being a follower of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for those who are followers. Thank you for what we learned from the shepherds this Christmas. Lord, may we do more than just learn with our minds. May we be like the shepherds. May we have a faith that really is demonstrated and proved by our actions. May we tell others about Jesus. Go and tell it wherever there's an opportunity. May we encourage others with the Word of God when they're struggling and bewildered about their faith. And Lord, may we worship you with other believers like the shepherds. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the incredible lessons from the shepherds as we too worship Jesus as Savior, Messiah, and Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.